For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fidoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I are joined by a special guest. We have Eric Edholm, the NFL draft analyst. Could we say guru, maybe? For Yahoo. <laughs> Eric, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure, guys. Hope everything's going well with you and everybody's staying uh, safe and healthy. Well, thanks, Eric. It's a, it's a great time to be podcasting, hoping that, you know, people have uh, some time on their hands and some, right. some hours to kill listening to us talk a little Chiefs, a little draft, a little NFL football. I, you know, I wouldn't think of anything else that, that would make me happier than that because, you know, when, when times are tough, when, when, the, when the chips are down, we, we start talking football and we're good, I think. Totally, totally. I mean, it's a nice, right, it's a nice break from uh, all the bleak news that's certainly out there. So hopefully we're doing our little part. Uh, Obviously, we're going to talk Chiefs draft here. They have picks in the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth round, and then nothing in the sixth and seventh. 32nd overall in the first, 63rd overall, uh, courtesy of the D Ford uh, trade from the Niners. They, of course, traded Frank Clark to the Seahawks. Eric, who who could you see maybe the Chiefs uh, targeting around that spot? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the, the, the draft plays out. I mean, just big picture, you know, talking to people around the league, obviously the, the coronavirus stuff and, and all the visits have been canceled and, and just sort of how the, you know, the draft process has gone. I think a lot of, you know, injury-prone guys, you know, they may not have medical updates that they feel comfortable with and some of the smaller school guys could be hurt by this. I, I think you might see a lot of safer choices, guys without the, the character questions and guys without the injury questions. So. You know, that said, you're talking about the end of the first round. So we have a pretty good idea, I think, of, of who the prospects are, you know, who could come into the picture. And, you know, if you apply it to what their needs might be, a, a defensive player, you know, certainly back seven. I think offensive line has been mentioned. You know, I don't really see them necessarily going running back in round one. But if they wanted to, you know, it's it's possible when you get to 32 that – you know, there may not be a running back taken yet at that point. So, and there's some pretty good ones this year. I, I don't think that's the way it's going to go just because I know Andy Reid's history. He's never taken a back higher than I think 52nd. If I'm, uh, I think uh, LaShawn McCoy was maybe the highest he ever took in the draft. So, you know, round two could be your running back spot. But I, I think they could almost kind of let the board come to them. They don't have mm-hmm. to get crazy and, and see what corners, what linebackers, what, what offensive linemen are on the board and kind of go from there. Well, wow, that's that's a that's a that's great insights, Eric, on on the whole process and how it's changing given the current environment yeah. uh, in in the country. Real quick question: what What is your philosophy on you know draft picks for teams? Your overall philosophy about 
you know, we're all, we're all fantasy football players. We all love, you know, having our own draft, you know, fly. Uh, I always take a running back first because they get me the most points or <laughs> right. I love to take a receiver first. Like, do you have, as somebody who eats, breathes and sleeps the draft, do you have any overarching philosophies about, you know, who you like to take, when you like to take them and what yeah. positions you like to focus on? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously going to vary team to team, but from my perspective, here, here's the way I look at it. You know, you, you'll see on the internet, a lot of people will do uh, redrafts, right? Let's go back and, and how would the, you know, the 2015 draft look now, knowing what we know and that sort of thing. And when you do those things, what do you do? You just pretty much go down the list and say, who are the best players? And then, you know, what, what, it's almost like what needs do they have now versus what needs do they have back then? And so the point of that is, you know, if you pass on uh, an elite talent at a position that maybe is considered a bit of a strength for the Chiefs or any other team for that matter, you know, you're missing out on a great player. <laughs> and I mean, who's to say, like, like take Travis Kelsey, for instance, and you know, if they saw a tight end, there isn't one in this draft, but let's just say for an argument's sake that they saw a tight end that they absolutely loved and thought, wow, this guy could be a star. I mean, you never know what could happen two years from now or a year from now. You know, Travis could suffer a major injury. Mm -hmm. uh, I always believe in protecting your best assets anyway, right? Mm -hmm. You have a great quarterback, yeah. you might as well get a good backup, that sort of thing. So for me, it, you know, it's easy to sit back and say, take the best player available. But I mean, really, when you look back and say, wow, you know, 23 teams passed on Aaron Rodgers, well, not all of them needed quarterbacks, mm -hmm. but. Right. You, do you get what I'm going with this? I, I always yeah. feel like it, it seems silly to to worry so much about immediate need and pass up somebody a position that might be a little more of a strength when you can get a great player. Yeah, Something and every draft is different. In the uh, immediate need for the uh, Chiefs cornerback, uh, we've talked a little bit about this on the show. Uh, right now, they only have three guys under contract: Charvius Ward, Rashad Fenton. They just signed Antonio Hamilton, but he might be more of a special teams guy. Eric, are there any, like, cornerbacks uh, you could see, like, end of the first or maybe with that second-round pick who you think would be good value at that point? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, you know, the guys you just mentioned are all a little bit on the smaller side, and, you know, we'll see if, you know, I mean, Breland or whoever. You know I mean? That type of a corner is, mm -hmm. is available. Um, you know, the ones who are probably most mentioned in that area, because I think there's a – we're certainly going to have two off the board at that point. Jeffrey Okuda, Ohio State, probably a top-five pick. He's gone. C.J. Henderson, probably a top 10 or 15 pick. He's gone. That leaves you with, you know, the, the group of A.J. Terrell from Clemson. Some people see him as more of a second-round pick. You know, he's outside of the national championship game. He's got really good tape. Yeah, he got roasted by, by uh, Jamar Chase and that one. But really good player, and I like him. I don't know that he's special, but I think he's very solid. Mm -hmm. um, Jeff Gladney from TCU you know, fits that Chiefs mold of what they already have. Tough, physical, backs down from no one, aggressive, squats on all the short stuff, looks to make plays. You know, he's just one of those confident guys who will upgrade a room no matter where he goes. So he's a possibility, I would think. But, again, if they want more size, maybe that's not their guy. Trevon Diggs from Alabama, really mixed reports on him. Some people love the athleticism. This is uh, Stephon Diggs' brother. He's a lot bigger. I mean, he's a 6'2", 215-pound, 33-inch arm guy. I mean, you know, just textbook athlete for the position. 
But, you know, the tapes had been inconsistent. He had a lot of help at Alabama, wasn't asked to carry guys, you know, way downfield, that sort of thing. <laughs> I just – I would say that, that it's really interesting with corner because the talent does drop off. Mm-hmm. But I also feel – and Christian Fulton, too, I forgot about him. He's a guy I would absolutely put on the Chiefs' radar. Fulton is somebody who they've done a lot of work on. Um, press corner, you know, fits sort of what they want to do, I think. Uh, not the biggest guy, but not small either. Doesn't have blazing speed, but isn't slow. He's just competitive, confident, played in a lot of high, you know, leverage games, high leverage situations. Uh, you know, Fulton is somebody I could absolutely see them liking. Not everybody has him as a first round pick on their board, but a number of teams do. And, and I would, I would not be shocked if he's in the picture. I'm going to put out a public service announcement. Uh, do not play fantasy football with Eric. Uh, he, you must crush. You must crush. You know, you, gosh, you know your stuff. Um, the problem is, though, I, I work at Yahoo Sports, which we have a lot of, you know, fantasy cred, and I play in leagues with these guys, and they crush me. No, so, no, you're like, you know, I, Yeah, I'm in trouble every year. I, 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 well, speaking of, of drafts and getting crushed and all that stuff, Eric, who's your favorite sleeper in recent times? Like, who, Ooh, who's the – question. Who's the the player you were like, yeah, they, you know, obviously it comes out when they, they do become great. Like, like last week, you know, Jeff and I were talking about one of my old teammates, Dave Zott, you know, seventh oh, yeah. rounder, played sure. for 15 years, whatever, <laughs> you know, all pro type caliber player, you know, wasn't even, you know, thought about being drafted, gets drafted in the seventh round. Do you have any players like that that you look back on in, in, in your history of, doing all this great analysis and saying, yeah, that, that was a great pick. And, and not because it, it, it turned out that way, you know, for the meet, for the media and for the fans, but just because you thought it was. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I, I, uh, I would say the biggest is probably Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. I had him, you know, I had him 36th or seventh overall on my board and he didn't go to the hundred and whatever pick. Mm-hmm. I don't remember 48th or 50th or whatever it was. And, you know, I just kept thinking, what am I missing here? You know, like what, what, what am I not seeing or, you know, what am I seeing that other people aren't seeing or vice versa? And it just kept, and I kept thinking, I don't care where other people have them. I've got them here. This is my guy, you know? And so, you know, I gave him a second round grade. I thought that's where he fit, you know, and he wasn't perfect coming out, but boy, I liked his, his poise, his moxie, all that stuff. And so that's one that I hit now in that same draft class, I did have the kid from Michigan state about eight spots behind him. I'm blanking on his name right now. The, uh, was that Connor Cook are you talking about? Connor Cook, yes. So, you know, that's a good reminder. Anytime I want to pat myself on the back too hard, you know, give myself a bruise back there. Like, I didn't have that much separation between Dak and Connor Cook. So let's let's keep that in perspective. That's a good uh, ego check right there. Those are two well, great perspectives, though, because, you know, yeah. you, you usually it's the other way around. Usually it's the, oh, we really missed this guy, right? It's always – it's the one where people say, oh, where did he come from? He got drafted in the mm-hmm. eighth round, you know, back when there was 12 rounds. You know, he gets drafted really, really low. And then he ends up becoming an all pro as opposed to where you saw Dak Prescott being a higher pick and he, he slipped. And then obviously he's now one of the highest paid players in the history of sports. Yeah. And that's a, that's a very interesting spin on that. Well, and you know, and it's so funny too. I mean, there've been other guys that, you know, that I've been high on the league's been high on the draft analysts have been high on in their busts. And, you know, I mean, it happens. That's, yeah. you know, this is such an imperfect, you know, imperfect uh, operation here. It's not a science. It's more of an art in my opinion. I mean, you know, you're, you're dealing in watercolors, not pastels. So I, I don't know. I I always, I I recognize that, look, 
you know, 50% of the guys who land in the first round aren't going to live up to expectations. They're not busts. They're just not mm-hmm. what the people who drafted them thought they were going to be. And it's going to be the same or, or worse for the guys like me who, who watch them and, and, and write them up. Great call on deck, by the way. But while you're waiting this out at home with us, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.com. With no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. But, but, but BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. And sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts, American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee. There's $750,000 poker series. There is still fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. Bet online, the fun never ends. I know what my next bet is Eric Edholm's picks. Great Yeah, I don't ever recommend anyone using my uh, picks to, to wager money on, but if you do, I you know I wouldn't mind a little kickback. So <laughs> well, and we're here with Eric Edholm, the NFL draft analyst for Yahoo. Eric, we talked, you did a great job breaking down those corners. Another really, uh, a real area of need um, for the Chiefs. Uh, outside linebacker, if they had a weakness last year, and we all know they, of course, won the Super Bowl, but it was linebacker was kind of a need. They got burned on a lot of short uh, passes to running backs, screen passes, uh, yeah. and they also lost Reggie Raglan uh, over the offseason. Uh, any linebackers you see that could be uh, great value picks for the Chiefs? Yeah, I think this is a spot they could maybe wait on a little bit. The more, you know, the one position that surprised me, you know, I felt like having started the process in, you know, June or something like that last year and really getting to know these guys at the first, you know, and then watching them through the season and, you know, getting to the senior bowl and and all that. I kind of took a step back at some point in January and February, right around the combine and said, this is a pretty good linebacker group. I I Hmm. underestimated this group the more I looked at it. So, you know, taking that kind of, you know, 30,000 foot view, you know, it, it, it's not just a, a top heavy group with Isaiah Simmons, who's a KC kid, by the way, um, you know, Zach Bond, Kenneth Murray, those, you know, Malik Harrison from Iowa State, et cetera. You can, I think, get into rounds three and four and get some pretty good football players. So a couple that off the top of my head who, who might fit that coverage role that you're talking about um that would be interesting one is logan wilson from wyoming and he may not be a household name for for people who are just kind of you know getting familiar with these guys but former cornerback and safety in high school outstanding athlete a tackle vacuum i mean he was always around the ball you know racking up 10 12 15 tackles a game super high character really smart guy talks like a coach he just sort of has that vibe about him where you think He's going to make it. I don't know that he'll ever be a pro bowler, but he's going to be one of those players who, you know, the coaches love and, and that they can absolutely use. So he's one that, that comes to mind. Davion um, Taylor from, from Colorado is fascinating to me. He's got outstanding speed. He's kind of a late bloomer uh, because he didn't play, for religious reasons, he didn't play football in high school up until I want to say his senior season. I think it was right when he turned 18. So, you know, kind of a raw, freakishly track athlete kid who the, the more he played, you saw that sideline to sideline speed, you know, ran a great 40 at the combine. Didn't shock me. I think it surprised some other people who were just getting to know him. But 
uh, you know, really interesting backstory too, a little undersized, but I really like him. And then one more who, who kind of comes to mind, you know, thinking about the Chiefs, and there's a little bit of a, a Missouri connection here now, Akeem Davis Gaither out of Appalachian State, another smaller guy, but great football instincts. He's a, he's a I call him a four down player. He'll play <laughs> first and second down against the run very well, you know, does, does a good job kind of navigating traffic and doesn't, doesn't get hung up on blocks for a smaller guy play on pass downs he can blitz he can he can cover and also on fourth downs too he he blocked a kick against North Carolina big upset they had over the UNC this year he's just one of those players that that really fascinates me I don't know again I don't know that he'll ever be special but played for Eli Drinkwitz who's now at Mizzou obviously and just down the road and so uh, possible that, that he could be a, a mid-round option for them. Getting a Mizzou shout-out in there, Eric at home. As a Mizzou grad, look, <laughs> I get every opportunity I can, you know. So, Eric, what, do you, what are your thoughts on, on the combine as somebody who has really studied the draft and, yeah. and watched players, you know, get drafted, not get drafted, be bust, be sleepers, you know, yep. all those things that go into analyzing the draft. Like, What's your thoughts on the combine? You know, what, what do you, what do you, how do you see it? Do you see it as something that's super valuable or is it something that the NFL just does because they feel like they have to? Yeah, I mean, there, there's two combines for me. There's one, there's the TV product, which we, which we watch the 40s and we watch the, you know, we, we look at the numbers for the, the bench press and the high jump and all that stuff. And they matter. You know, they do. Mm-hmm. They, they set kind of a baseline for the athleticism and, you know, they're not a tell-all, but they're part of the picture. But for me, what the NFL people, you know, when I talk to them and ask them who are the combine winners and losers and that sort of stuff, a lot of them will talk about the medical information, which this year especially is crucial. You know, right, yeah, right. you know without the pro days, without <laughs> team visits in person, without team doctors getting updates on players who are, you know, still going through rehab, mm-hmm. you know, that combine medical information is really the last pure hands-on information they have so that's that's really going to be big this year the other one is the interview process Mm -hmm. so again amplified in 2020 because of the situation we're in so yeah like the the positional workouts the 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 on-field you know the testing and the drills yeah it's it's maybe five percent of the evaluation or something but the other part like the medical and and the uh uh, interviews part, you know, t- trying to get to know these kids best you can mm-hmm. in, a, in a short period of time. It does matter because they're, they're getting a vibe, you know, and a lot of times this is the first time that general manager and maybe the scouting director mm-hmm. and possibly the coaches are seeing these guys face to face and deciding whether they want them in their, in their locker room or not. That's a great, I mean, Jeff and I talked about that from my, my combine experience, you know, when, when I interviewed in, in the hotel room with, you know, Carl Peterson, Marty Schottenheimer, yeah. Howard Mudd, you know, we're in there and, you know, Carl Peterson, it was all about that. It was all about the interview process. And he basically said to me, he said, you know, Joe, everybody who comes to the combine can play football. We don't, right. you don't get invited unless you play football, you know, and, and I won't retell the story that we've told on past podcasts, but you know, the, the, the lesson that, that, Mr. Peterson taught me at that point was, you know, we want people who are going to, who are going to do the right thing, even when no one's watching Yeah, and that's the kind of player that Lamar Hunt wanted, you know, on his team as yep. the owner. So yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And that medical process, holy smokes. I mean, it was, 
it was doctor to doctor because they don't listen to other doctors because every one, every one of them has to get their own hands on you. And Joe is still just, sore from it. Like. I'm still sore. Uh, 26 <laughs> years later, you know, retired. I'm still sore from, you know, the, the fact that it, it just, it just wears you out. You know, the knee ah. the, just, just, you know, jostling your knees, making you, you know, fooling around with your ankles that you hurt in eighth grade playing basketball. But you know, you're right. They really do want to know. So that's, that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm glad that you agree with that. Um, that part of the process. And that medical part can be so exhausting. And just what you said, I mean, like, who was the who was the first round pick uh, out of Alabama, the linebacker? I'm blanking. He went from the, the 49ers, who then caught him. There were some allegations. Oh, Foster, Foster, right? Uh, Reuben Foster. Foster. Yeah, sorry. My brain just wasn't going there for a second. But, yeah, I mean, Foster was reportedly very frustrated at having to sit, like, six hours waiting for an MRI and blew up at one of the techs. Like, you know, I was like, when am I going to get my MRI or whatever, you know, and got so frustrated with it. But hearing these stories, you can almost forgive him for it because yeah. it's like, you know, you're getting poked and prodded and, and sent in these imaging machines. And it's just like, it's such an arduous process for these guys, but it's so crucial to what they, you know, what their picture is. And we're super excited about a new sponsor we have for our show. Joe and I are both sporting t-shirts right now and styles changing, formal wear is out and the t-shirt is in. True Classic Tees are my favorite. It's based in LA and it's a t-shirt company that's on the rise. The t-shirts are soft. They hold up in the wash. They're incredibly versatile. You can wear them out. You can wear them to work out or around the house, which we're unfortunately having to do a lot more of these days. <laughs> and the best part, they're incredibly cheap. They're only $15. And now you can get them for even less. Go to trueclassictees.com and use the code at checkout, B-L-E-A-V, for 20% off. That's B-L-A-A-V. That's B-L-E-A-V at trueclassictees.com. Where we're here with Eric Edholm, NFL draft analyst for Yahoo. We're talking about the combine, which is even more important this year, just with no pro days and stuff. Now that you've studied so much tape, Eric, and stuff, give us who your uh, top five is. Top yeah, five picks would, yeah, overall, I'd have to say, let me, let me pull up my list here if I can while we're talking. But, yeah, Chase Young is my number one, regardless of position. Mm. I just, mm. You know, I mean, if I – he, he's a special talent. I think he's on that kind of Miles Garrett, uh, you know, Jadeveon Clowney spectrum as far as a pass rusher. And he, the thing is, he's, in my opinion, not as refined a technician as Nick Bosa was. Like, uh-huh. Nick Bosa is so good with his hands. I mean, Joe, you probably watched him. And, and you know, you, for a 22-year-old kid or whatever to, to be able to break down quality tackles. And, you know, he had a big Super Bowl, obviously. And it – that, that's rare. So he, he isn't that yet, but he's been able to dominate with just this raw ability. So if he gets with a great D line coach, like in, you know, if he goes to Washington or somewhere else, he truly could be special. So I've got him one, Joe Burrow two, you know, in a season for the ages, unbelievable touch, poise, toughness. He's got all the between the ear stuff that you want. Um, and then I think I have Okuda third, and again, I'm trying to remember. Actually, let me pull this up here. But but Okuda to me is a, is a really good man cover corner, who may never be one of those seven interception guys, but I think is going to end up being, you know, a multiple Pro Bowl kind of guy. I really I really believe in his ability. Uh, Derek Brown out of Auburn, I like a lot. I don't care that his workouts at the combine weren't special. He wasn't good in those you know those testing numbers. He's a better player than he is a tester, so I'm, I'm okay with that. 
I loved watching him play, man. Yeah. He oh. just looked so athletic for a big guy. Yeah, yeah I'd be, I mean, I'd be worried about his combine, you know, and those things if he played at, you know, a small school right. or, you know, played out, yep. you know, in, in Division One AA or, or, or even a small, smaller conference. I, I agree with you there. I mean, just, yeah, exactly. If he hadn't have faced SEC pass rush, I mean, SEC offensive linemen yeah. every single week, you know, LSU, the winner of the Joe Moore Award, you know, Auburn has multiple draftable offensive linemen. He went up against in practice. Alabama, we know, cranks out the O-line talent. I mean, every single game, really, you know, he dominated against great players. And, you know, like, it wasn't even like you, you didn't even see bad games for him. It was like he had a bad quarter, you know. <laughs> so, right. like, that's how you kind of judge him versus other players, in my opinion. So, um, and I think number five, I might have Jedrick Wills from Alabama. It took me a little while to get to that level on him, but the more I watched him, uh, you know, just a mauler at right tackle, yeah. improved dramatically as a pass blocker from, from 18 to 19. I mean, wow. And, and just to clarify, Eric, these are your who you think the top five uh, prospects are, not your regard, top yes, five. Regardless, picks. yeah, not my draft, right, not my mock or whatever, but yeah, just regardless of position. And, and I, you know, I had to knock Tua down a little bit for the, the health. You know, that's right. just the biggest thing. He could, could he be special? Sure. But I mean, it just it holds me back a little bit. So the next wave it, is – Especially now when you can't really – you know, it, it's such a different situation not being able to to get up close to him and, and kind of work him out, have the doctors work him out in the same way. Yep, no doubt about it. And I wrote a big story about Tua the other day, and, you know, his agents say he could play now. I saw a quote from Tua himself today that uh, said, you know, he, he thinks he could, he could play now and is cleared. That's great confidence, but – you know, obviously NFL teams are going to have their own idea of, of what, what he can do and can't do at this point. And who would you say, Eric, how, what's your top five of how you think the draft will actually go for the, the first five picks? It's tough to say. I mean, obviously, I, you know, there's about a 98% chance Burrow goes number one to the mm -hmm. Bengals. Could the Dolphins make him a whopper of an offer and, and move up? Possibly, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't stun me, but – I mean, it just – it's going to require the, the Bengals – I mean, I think the only way that happens is if, if, if Miami could move to number three first mm -hmm. and then vault up there because I don't think since he wants to go all the way to five. Because right. I, I think – I believe the Dolphins and Bengals have the same top two quarterbacks. I think they both have Burrow, clear number one, Herbert, Justin Herbert from Oregon as the number two. So mm – -hmm. You know, in, to ensure that they could get him at at with you know, assuming the Bengals were to trade down, I don't think they'd want to go all the way to number five just to, just to make sure the Chargers at six weren't weren't interested. So, mm -hmm. if it stays as is, let we'll say Burrow one to Cincy, you know, Young number two to Washington, Okuda number three to the Lions. They have a big need at corner. He just he fits exactly. He could be their Stephon Gilmore. You know. Mm -hmm. um, and then number four, the New York Giants are kind of the wild card pick because mm -hmm. Dave Gettleman, their GM, might be on the way out. Does he go the Saquon Barkley of defense guy with Isaiah Simmons? You know, the freak out, freak warrior kind of guy. Oh, Lathan North boy, Kansas yes, City boy. Yeah. From the area, that's right. And barely recruited. I don't know what Mizzou is doing. Crazy, right? Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, that, that could be the route. Do they take an offensive lineman, which is a position of need? 
Gettleman's never drafted one in round one. So that's a, that's an interesting spot. And then the Dolphins at five, again, if they don't move up, they either take Herbert or they go offensive line because they have five picks in the first, you know, 60 selections or whatever. That's crazy. And they can it? wait. Wow. I know. I mean, they, I think they like Herbert, but I don't think they're in love with him. So that's, that's the fascinating part too. Very cool. Well, Eric, Thanks so much for uh, joining us. We really appreciate you coming on Believe in Chiefs. Yeah, it was my pleasure, guys. If you ever want to talk draft or football in general, I'm always here. So, Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.